Yo, 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 it's your boy, preacher boy, and I pray that y'all are having a blessed day. I pray that the Lord is using you in every aspect of your lives. We are back with another episode of Chats with Preacher Boy, but before we jump into this new episode, you know we got to start off with a little word of prayer. So Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come before you again, dear God. We thank you for being God Almighty in our lives, dear God. We thank you for waking us up this morning to see another day, a day that wasn't promised, but you saw fit to bless us with, dear God. God, we thank you for life, health, and strength and activity of all our limbs, dear God. God, we thank you for allowing us to make it to this Friday, dear God, for someone to see today dear God and we thank you for allowing us to make it this far dear God without any hurt harm or damage dear God God we thank you for being a God that provides a way of escape for any opportunities or problems that we may face dear God God we ask that you forgive us for anything that we've done wrong knowingly or unknowingly dear God cleanse us from all unrighteousness and remove any hindrances that are not like you dear God God I ask that you close the doors right now that we no longer need in our lives and open those doors that you desire for us to have open, dear God. God, ask that you have your way on this week's episode of Chats with Preacher Boy, dear God. Allow something to be said that can be applied to individuals' lives, dear God. Allow them, allow it to help them in whatever they're dealing with on this week, dear God. And we won't forget to give you all the glory, honor, and praise. It's in your son Jesus' name that I pray. Amen and amen. Like I said, we are back with another episode of Chats with Preacher Boy. This week's topic is what do you do in the midst of adversity and when I tell y'all when I first got this topic man oh man I did not think that I was going to have the week that I have had it has been a total game changer sort of say you know and I and I'm gonna divulge as to you know what happened on this week but man oh man what do you do in the midst of adversity before we begin, we first got to understand what is adversity. We have to know how does it pertain to us in our daily lives and our everyday circumstances that we go through, whether good, bad, or indifferent. But adversity is the state or instance of serious or continued difficulty or misfortune. It's also the unfavorable fortune or fate, a condition marked by misfortune, calamity, or distress. So ultimately, adversity are the trials and tribulations that are in your life to prove you and develop you into what Christ sees you as. Even though sometimes we don't see it initially, given with the circumstances that we have or that we're facing at that moment, God is developing us into what he already sees us as. And you know, I know for me personally, that's never the case. It seems like every time I go through something, I have the tendency to forget that this is another opportunity to prove my loyalty that much more to Christ, to prove that what I speak about and what I say with my mouth, my actions can now align up with it, if that makes sense. So, you know, this week for me, it seems that everything was, you know, falling out of whack. You know, it seemed like there was problems left and right from, you know, my military career to everything that that's going on in the news that is affecting where I am in my location. And it just seemed like I can't catch a break. You know what I'm saying? And I had to really call on God on this week and I really had to rely on him 
for strength because man it seemed like adversity was heavy this week and the irony in the topic what do you do in the midst of adversity so the first thing i had to realize when i was studying was that there that there's a purpose for adversity have you ever realized that it's easy to speak on something without actually providing the action to go with it like it's so easy that's 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 where the quote better said than done comes from you know because oftentimes we can speak on something but when it comes to actually doing it that's where the difficulty lies and so that's why there's a purpose to adversity because adversity allows the actions to come forth for the things that we have spoken about romans 5 3 and 4 says and not only so but we glory in tribulations also knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope first peter 1 6 and 7 reads this and this you rejoice greatly even though now for a little while if necessary you have been distressed by various trials so that the genuineness of your faith which is more precious than gold which is perishable even though tested and purified by fire may be found to result in your praise and glory and honor at the revelation of jesus christ so all this is shaping and proving that what we're saying is true to jesus that what we say and do isn't isn't for now and a lot of times one thing that i've realized and learned this week especially is that sometimes god allows certain things to happen in our lives to see if we really about what we say and you know it sounds harsh it sounds like man why would god do something like that but think about it even in our everyday jobs and in the things that we go about you oftentimes have to prove what you say i can't you know with the military i can't say that oh i'm a pt stud this this and that without showing that i'm a pt stud on a pt test i have to be able to show the things that i say because i can talk a good game all day long but have you ever heard of the phrase don't write a check that your mouth can't cash you know a lot of times i hear that on the basketball court with dudes coming in there hot coming to the wreck i know in clean you got the wreck center you coming in there talking all this noise talking about are we finna bust y'all tails this this and that blase blase and then whole time they playing you and they terrible they straight trash so god is he uses adversity to prove everything that we speak can be backed up with action Another thing that I want to point out that I, that God was showing me this week is that it's all for a season, not a lifetime. Everything that we go through, every bit of trial and tribulation that we experience isn't something that's going to last forever. No, 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 no. It's for a season, a season to prove our faith, a season to prove our prove our patience that we have. It's going to work our patience. It's going to develop our persistence. It's going to develop our consistency. It's, it's going to help us. It's, it's developing us, like I said in the beginning, to be who Christ sees us as, though we may not see it in that given moment. Psalms 30 and 5 says this. I want you, I want you to catch this. For his anger endures, though but a moment, and in his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Acts 5.41 And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. 
James 1 and 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations. So all these different things are showing us how we need to go about in the midst of adversity. It's telling us that we need to have joy. Joy. We need to be going. Every time we go through something, a circumstance, a problem, something, whatever may arise, we are called to have joy. And I know you're probably asking me, like, well, how can I have joy when everything on my job is going haywire? My family's in shambles, this, this, and that. Everything left, right, front, back. It's just going crazy. Okay, I'm glad you I'm glad you asked that. Job in the Bible, he lost everything. Literally everything. Like the very first couple of chapters, it talked about how God was saying, Hey, hey, Satan, have you uh tried my, my servant Job? Have you have you you know tried to see if he'll fall and back backtrack everything that he said to me you know what i'm saying i he's an upright man and i i don't think i don't think you finna get him and the devil was like well god is because you got your hand on him but i promise you if you put your hand on him he's gonna curse you and then god gave him permission peep this he gave him permission know that everything that you go through has to have permission by god in order for it to take effect so once he got this permission, the devil was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get this man, Job. I'm going to get him to curse God. Boom. Lost all his 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 cattle, his basically his entire net worth. He lost it. But you know what he did? Continued to serve God. He continued to keep his focus on on Christ. And that's what a lot of us fail to do today. We, we lose focus when we're in the midst of adversity. We start losing hope. We start turning to every other thing but God. Problems start to arise, but instead of going to the problem solver, we go to every little other thing like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, friends, family, coworkers. We telling everybody about our problems instead of telling our problems who the problem solver is. There was a song there was a song lyric that said stop telling your problems stop telling God how big your problems are and start telling your problems how big your God is and that's something that you need to take note in then there's the woman with the issue of blood she had an issue of blood for 18 years can you imagine having this uh, issue in your body for 18 years? A sickness that is that's in ca- that's causing constant pain and constant issues where you're having to spend money, all this money, all your life earnings to find a cure, but you can't find no cure. Can you imagine something like that? That's another example. And here I want I want to read I want to read this this testimony that that I stumbled across by an anonymous sister in Christ. She said. I received the Holy Ghost in 2011 at the first Younger Stillwaters camp. My life has never been the same since then. I was very young, but through my teenage years, the Lord kept me out of the world. I have heard young people say that they don't have a testimony because they never went out in the world. That is a testimony. Don't ever let the devil tell you that. Over the years, the Lord has asked me to let go of many things that I love for him, including my church family members and friends that I genuinely cared for. But the Lord sent me a church. My family streamed the tabernacle, listened to tapes, and I visited Jeffersonville as much as I could. The Lord sent me a family, wonderful brothers and sisters in Christ. The Lord sent me a husband who believes this message with all of his heart. When I got married, 
I moved 3,000 miles away from my home and it was quite a change. I started to get anxiety because everything was so unfamiliar to me. I stopped listening to those tapes and started listening to that devil. It was subtle, but I accepted the anxiety. I could hardly leave my house. I couldn't go to the store alone. I would break down in tears in public and have panic attacks in my own home. The devil told me that I was alone and forgotten by my friends and family so far away. I believed him. My relationship with my father could have been better and the devil would remind me of it all the time. Satan tried to turn me against my husband, telling me that he would someday leave me and the message too. That devil tried to tell me that I had a female problem, maybe even cancer, so I went to the doctor but got normal results. That liar. He tried to label me with anxiety, depression, and also tried to tell me that I had some sort of personality disorder, which according to doctors was something I could never get rid of, and I'd have to learn to cope with it. The devil would tell me to hurt myself or end myself, and my husband was afraid to leave me alone because I would sometimes act on these thoughts. The devil told me I committed unpardonable sin and how hopeless I felt. I'm so ashamed, but this is where the devil will lead you if you listen to him. My husband and I began to search for a psychiatrist that could help me. I couldn't get out of my bed in the mornings even though I couldn't sleep either. I would go days without eating. I had many physical symptoms of stress, just absolutely nervously broken down. That devil's voice was so constant and I spent so much time alone that I tried to drown it, by, drown it out by playing music or movies for background noise as I went about the day. Sometimes the screen time on my phone was eight hours or more a day. I'm so ashamed of myself for listening to that devil. This went on for months and one day got desperate and thought to myself, I just have no joy left in me. Then I remember something brother Joseph said to me at my first camp. He said something like, you feel that joy? Don't you ever let the devil take that from you? Something in me snapped. Wow, I had gotten so far from God without even realizing it. I let the devil take my joy. I knew then I need to hear that voice. It was difficult at first. I remember Brother Joseph saying once that if you give God five minutes of your time, he'll take it. So I started there and after five minutes, I was still hungry. I kept listening and digging for more. In one of those tapes I listened to that day, Brother Branham was praying for people. I heard him say this and it immediately caught my attention. Oh, kind Heavenly Father, who knows all things, may he, it's a, it's the, your faith has saved you, lady. That's you sitting right there rubbing your eyes with tears. You have been nervously broken down and you have been told a lie by Satan. Satan has told you that you have committed the unpardonable sin and you cannot be forgiven. Your sins are forgiven you, sister. Jesus Christ makes you whole. Stand up on your feet and accept that now as God's blessings. Raise up your hands and stand up and give him praise. I about came apart. That was for me. I accepted that for me. I grabbed onto it and applied that to my situation. I'm not letting go of it. It has been six weeks of hearing at least one tape every day. The tapes replaced those movies and music and my screen time didn't go down, but now it's eight or more hours of messages. The Lord has delivered me of more things than I can count. Every symptom I had before is gone. I believe he's delivered me of things that I haven't even realized yet. I've been praying and reading my Bible every single day, which seems so difficult a few months ago. The other day, my father and I had our first real conversation in years, and it was about the message. Also, I caught myself a moment ago praying and crying for someone that I previously couldn't stand the thought of. This is where God will lead you if you listen to him. 
Oh, nothing is too hard for God. Not depression, not anxiety, not fear, not hate. Not anything is too hard for God. Truly, if you put God first, he will take care of everything else. He takes all that ugly darkness out of you and replaces it with joy unspeakable. I'm so happy. I just can't contain it all. A happy, happy, happy sister in Christ. Anonymous. And when I read that, you all, when I say it did something to me, because it shows how how far we can go if we allow our adversity to consume us to the point where we turn away from God versus turning to God. And, you know, now I can share a little bit what, what's been going on for me this week. So previously in my in my podcast episodes, I've been telling y'all about my military career and how I've been waiting for certain things to happen, this, this, and that, since I've been in Germany. Well, I finally received the blessing that I thought that I was ready for. Let's just say that. I received an ATAR slot, which is a, a hard slot for a school that I needed to go ahead and pick up the next rank. And, you know, when I when I got this email and I got this notification say I was going to this class, I was excited. I was pumped up. I was like, yes. All right, God, I finally got it. I can't I can't believe I got this slot. It's nothing but your favor why I got this slot. So as I'm celebrating the excitement that I have about getting this slot, the time is going closer to when I need to report to the school. And so I'm packing my bags, I'm getting everything in order and everything's good to go. I cross my T's and I dot my I's, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm prepared, I'm, I'm as prepared as I can be for this school. So I get to the school, I check in, I check into my barracks, I load up my bags and everything. And the first formation was that Monday morning at 0430. So this past Monday was the formation. And I wake up, go to the formation. My sponsor was there with me. And, you know, I'm in the formation and my PT is ready to go because I found out after the formation and they check you off. You're taking a PT test to see if you're going to stay in the school. So, all right, I'm in formation. You know, I'm just standing there at parade rest while he's calling everybody's names. And he's calling individuals' names and certain ones go and other ones he says their name and then he says, no packet. And I'm like, oh, man, I feel bad for whoever that is. And so it came down to my name. He said, Corporal on. I was like, moving. And then after I said moving, he said, no packet. And I was like, oh, my goodness. All right. Gotcha. Cool. That's no issue. I talked to the, the NCO that was there, which was the leader. And he uh, told me he was like, find your sponsor because we don't have your packet. I get my sponsor. My sponsor and I are looking at each other confused. And we walk back to him and we show him my, the packet. We were like, here's the packet. It's right here. You know, it's signed this, this, and that. He said, your packet was supposed to be digital. Your packet was supposed to be submitted digitally. You're not supposed to have a hard copy with a hard signature. No, it's supposed to be submitted. He was like, have y'all not done this before? And we both shook our heads. We said, no, you know, this is our first time doing this. He said, I'm going to give you five minutes to go get these these digital signatures and get this packet submitted digitally. Mind you, he's sending us on a mission that was basically failed from the get-go. And so I leave and I'm just like, what has happened? It seemed like at that moment, my heart was crushed because it seemed like I, I, I had already got what I was desiring. It was like it was right there in front of my face, the next opportunity to get promoted. 
And it was like it was snatched away as quick as I got it. And I was just like, why? Why is this happening right now? Why? Why is this going on? And it seemed like nobody had answers. So as I as I was driving back and I took that walk of shame knowing that I wasn't able to get into this class and I was one of the individuals that didn't make it, I get back home and I'm, I'm just a mess. I'm emotional and I'm just like, you know what? Let me wipe these tears. It must have happened for a reason. You know what I'm saying? And then on top of that, the promotion points that I needed to get to the next rank were so low. They've been so low for so long that I checked them and they're maxed out as high as they can be. And I was just like, God, you must be trying to teach me something in this in this in this season. And it seemed like in the midst of all this, I realized that I shouldn't I shouldn't turn on God. You know, he made me realize this week in the midst of everything that's going on that I need to still count it all joy. When things don't go the way that I think they should be going, I still need to count it all joy. Because at the end of the day, adversity comes to prove everything that I'm speaking. If I'm not if I'm not proving my actions to line up with what I've spoken before, then that means I still have a lot of work to do. And so God showed me this week that I still have some work to do. Preacher Boy got some work that he needs to do. Because it's easily, it's easily done to speak on saying, oh, I love God. You know, I'm faithful to God and I'll I do whatever it takes for God. And, you know, I, God has blessed me so much thus far. You know, if he stopped blessing me now, I, I have more than enough. All those good things that we speak and, you know, profess to the masses to sound good, to sound like we got it all together. But the moment that God puts some calamity in front of us or some issues in front of us that we need to prove ourselves then it seems like everything changes. And so I challenge you on this week that whatever you're going through, any adversity, any trial and tribulation that you're experiencing, I want you to know that it's for a reason. God is trying to get you to prove yourself to him because it's easy to say something without having action to back it up. But God is a God that he wants not only for you to say things that you want done, but you can back it up with your actions because he knows your heart. But we still have to show him with action because in the Bible, it says faith without works is dead. I can have faith all day long, but if I'm not working at it and I'm not applying my faith to something productive, then everything that I'm speaking about is pointless. So one thing that I've learned that's real important out of all of this is that adversity serves a purpose in our lives. Because David even said, I almost slipped. I almost slipped because I was seeing the wicked prosper before me. You know, a lot of times we go through adversities as saints of the most high and we're just like, how is it that I'm going through all of this? And the person to my right and my left, they aren't doing half of what they're supposed to do. And they're not even serving you, God. But it seems that they're getting blessed. Why? Why are they getting blessed? And I'm doing what you called me to do. And God is just sitting there like, I just want you to prove it. 
Because it's easy to talk about it. It's easy to say it. But I want you to prove it to me. And then David ends up realizing. I want you to know that even in that same chapter, David realizes that in the midst of him almost slipping, he realizes that the wicked has their damnation coming. Their consequences are coming. Galatians 6 and 9 says, Don't be weary in well-doing. For in due season, you will reap a harvest. If you faint not. That's the key. If you faint not. The race is not given to the swift nor the strong, my brothers and sisters. But is given to the one that endureth to the end. Endurance is key to this race. So count it all joy when you go through these things in life. Count it all joy when you when you have these different adversities pop up in your life. Know that God is just trying to get you to prove everything that you said out loud. So I pray that this week's episode was a blessing to you. I pray that you're able to continue to push past anything that's going on and show God that everything that you spoke was not in vain. I want you to know that I love you. And more importantly, God loves you too. God wants your best interest. He, he wants you to make it into heaven. He doesn't want to, he, his desire isn't to see you perish. That's not his desire. His desire is for you to make it in. So I pray that you all have a blessed weekend. I pray that you dedicate some time to the Lord this weekend just to thank him. Spend five minutes. I'm telling you that testimony with that young woman, I don't know who she is, but it, it was it was a really cutthroat, transparent testimony that we all could hear in our lives. So y'all be blessed. I love y'all. But more importantly, once again, God loves you more. Preach your boy out.